You're listening to Wrestling With The Truth Podcast with your hosts, the two sweet trio, B.C. Hunter, Jay Myers, N.W.O. Machine, and special guest, It's time! It's time! Vader from Wish, Rob Brown. Welcome everybody to Wrestling With The Truth. My name is BC Hunter, coming straight at you from the blanket booth, the infamous blanket booth. And I am joined today, once again, by the Nightmare Jay Myers. Jay, how you doing? What is going on, Nightmare Nation? I'm doing uh, fantastic. Hopefully everybody else is uh, this wintry, wintry evening and where you are, hopefully you are warm. Trying to, trying to stay warm, but uh, I know two people that aren't staying warm right now, and that's... Uh, that's our other uh, co-host, the Wrestling Machine. And Wrestling well, Machine, I, you've got a special yeah, guest with I, you, don't you? I, I was I was pretty cold in uh, in my own dungeon, and I decided to invite a guest to huddle up to, and uh, not quite the uh, not quite the cold girl I asked for, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you said a blonde with a beard. That makes sense. <laughs> we're we're Wish, all about in, we're all about diversion. Yeah, Rob Brown here and inclusion. Uh, has joined us uh, uh, in uh, in my dungeon. So uh, Rob and I are in. Uh, I'll I'll tweet it out uh, later on with our masks here, our Vader masks. Uh, mm. Your guys' faces are just too fucking ugly to put out. <laughs> I know. So I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, blame you. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna cover you guys up so it's we coming. can all have. We we would break the internet, but not in a good way, right? <laughs> 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 the rat population would go down. Though. You know what, if Jay, uh, Jay, I got a funny feeling. The minute you put your face out there, it would cancel culture. Like, yeah. Just simply for existing, you mean? I just Yeah, just it. look yeah. at that face has got to go. Yeah. So. Well, Rob, That's welcome. Welcome to, the, uh, welcome to the show. I'd say welcome to the blanket yes, booth, but we're doing this uh, over Zoom. So uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate you stopping in. Well, thanks. It's, a, it's my pleasure. So, big fan of the show. Hearing a lot from Machine, so he got me hooked on it. So I'm nice. trying to get the guys at work to start listening to. So yeah, I lie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why you yeah. got. That's why we got you on here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I said, listen. I said, you know, BC is is kind of the antagonist, and Jay's a really nice guy. <laughs> he said that. All lies. Yeah. All uh, lies. See. <laughs> <laughs> And I keep the mask on so my nose doesn't grow <laughs> any further. Yeah, Rob, we, we've got a rep to, to uphold here, so uh, we gotta we gotta keep up appearances. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this will probably I'm trying to get all my talking in now, Rob, because this will probably be the last you hear of me for the next half hour as these two guys take over. But uh, so just just I wanted to get this in while I could. But uh, yeah, so we're we're here. We're gonna kind of call this episode. I guess we talked about maybe calling it road stories because uh, because we wanted to talk about some uh, 
some some of the independent wrestling uh, road story side of things, uh, just what life's like on there. And uh, so it was a machine who said, you know, well, I've got a buddy. I've got one, just one, <laughs> but I got him. And he's uh, he's done that. He's been on the road. He's He's done the wrestling side of things. So let's bring him in. So thus, that's why we have Rob here. So Rob, do you want to give the audience maybe a little quick synopsis of uh, what your uh, relation is to the wrestling side of things? Yeah, sure. I, I started wrestling about 91, 92. Uh, a good friend of mine, he actually he just came back from Calgary. He was in the Hart Brothers camp, and he was actually in the same class as uh, Jericho and uh, Storm. So they have like their class picture. It's been on the internet a few times. And he's an indigenous fellow in the back corner with a fabulous mullet. Anyway, that, that's my buddy, Paul. He wrestles here as Bugsy Slug. And it's just uh, name. he had just come back. He started wrestling. So I started going to watch him, me and, me and his cousin, who I was really good friends with. And I just said, hey, I'd love to get involved with this. So he said, yeah, sure. I met the guy. And being a bigger guy, I mean, 5'10", at the time, 310 pounds. I uh, played football. Like I, I played junior football. I went over to Europe. I played a year in Austria in a semi-pro league. And that actually lead into another rest, kind of little wrestling story and uh, missed connection, like on Craigslist, but uh, I'll get into that. So, so I mean, I, I, in shape. So right away, the guys are like, oh, yeah, you're a big guy. You know, we'll get you in there. So they got me in uh, refereeing at first and they showed me a couple things. And then uh, one night I was I did my refereeing stuff and they were doing a battle royal and they had like this generic black mask. And it basically was like, OK, you're, you're the new guy. You get to be the juggernaut. <laughs> So they gave me this mask and showed me like three moves and said, okay, go out there. So of course you get into it and I'm getting right into the whole thing. I dive, I remember diving through the ropes and almost killing myself, landing on the outside, wow. farted on a guy. And he's like, Oh, he fluctuated. You know, it was a <laughs> lot of fun and, and I was kind of hooked, but I, I did it more as like a hobby. Like I said, some people collect stamps. I wrestled because I, I just, I had other things going on at the time. I, I was, I was in the army reserves. I was, doing a lot of stuff with that. And uh, I just couldn't see, like, I look at the guys on TV and I'm like, I'm not in that, their league at all. Like, you know, I'm just, just a, a fat guy that can move basically. And, you know, and, and it, it was a lot of fun. I did it mostly just for the camaraderie, uh, go for drinks after. So I'd like to say for the chicks, but nope, not this guy. <laughs> so, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's how, uh, that's how I got my start. I started, uh, I don't even remember the name of the, the league back then. Uh, then uh, there was one in Winnipeg called River City Wrestling. So I got involved with them a little bit, but because I was in the reserves, I would always go away on training or go away and do, doing stuff. So I, I would wrestle for a bit and then it'd be like, oh, okay, sorry, I can't play anymore. And, you know, so it kind of screwed things up. So it could be in a few little programs and that, but like, I, I'm by no means a, a big local superstar or anything like that. I just, a guy that was happened to be involved, uh, you know, over the last, you know, 30 years ish, you know, just on and off, on and off and uh, had a lot of fun doing it, made a lot of good friends. Sure. And you mentioned, uh, so your, your last gimmick that you were doing, uh, obviously we've got the Vader mask going on. I can't wait for yeah. people to see this. Uh, so, and if it, and just uh, as a heads up, check them out on, uh, on, uh, Twitter. It's, it's at Vader from wish, which is, uh, an absolutely fantastic, uh, handle. I love that actually. Thanks. Yeah. That's what I thought when I got the, the mask, I'm like, Oh, I look like if you ordered <laughs> Vader from wish, <laughs> so that's kind of what I was thinking. But if you look on my Twitter, just, just don't look at the people following me. I never did the Twitter before this guy got me hooked on. I'm like, Oh, right on. And he's, uh, he's like, don't worry, bro. I'll get you some followers. We'll tweet stuff out. So I'm like, Oh, Hey, I got this new follower. Who's this? I click on it and it's a, a bear, <laughs> not the animal yeah. lying on the couch. 
Well, his fair friend is, I don't know, inserting his wiener somewhere probably. And I was like, oh. And I, I got rid of the Twitter for a while. I was just fired up. I'm back on now. I'm not there yet. So, so you got one of Myers' followers. Really. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was Highbrow like, humor as always there. There we go. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam Cole after that or something. What's that? I'm surprised you didn't add Adam Cole after that or something like that. Well, no, no, no. We won't get into your fascination with him. <laughs> but I do want to say one thing. If you're on, um, and I know I'm not sure if it's on your Vader from Wish, but if you go on my pin tweet at the NWO machine, uh, this is also myself with Rob at a charity uh, birthday party. For uh, she was in her 80s, returned 80s. Yeah, day something for, like that. Uh, Mad Dog Maddie. Yeah, Mad Dog Maddie. <laughs> it was. Uh, he also does the Big Boss Man gimmick, yep. and uh, of course, I do the Hogan stuff. So we we have a ton of fun, and we almost had a gig two weeks ago uh, doing that again, but uh, it just didn't work out for either of us at the time. But uh, so that's also Vader from Wish on there. We were able getting roofied at that thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. it sounded yeah. sketchy. So I, I was I was up for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Live a little, right? Live a little. Drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, uh, the machines as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah the giant machines. Giant machines, giant yeah. Machine, <laughs> which yeah. is classic. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, oh, I can vouch. That, that is a cool pick. The one uh, you're referencing there, uh, machine. That's. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty yeah, sweet we, we have a good time. There's a lot of fun. So, so maybe I'll just throw a quick question at Rob. Sure. For like, I know like 30 years in the business, you're an independent guy. Um, how are you received as let's call it, let's say with a weekend warrior, you and I had talked about this before yeah. the weekend warrior, like yourself, where you're in the reserves, uh, you're doing all these things and you come back. How are you received back in the dressing room? Do the, do the guys who are kind of doing it full time, welcome you back in open arms or are you kind of, does it take a little while again? Or are they just, it's a dressing room. Well, no, it's, it's, it's a good question because when I first started, it was still like the old, old guard type of thing. Like, you know, a lot of the guys, it was a different time with those, those older guys were, were involved when, uh, when I first, now I'm the older guy, but, but then as the younger guys kind of got in and that new generation, if I would have been doing this back with the, the older generation, there's no way they would have welcomed me back. The newer guys, they were cool with it. Uh, I was, I was friends with them. Like, uh, the guy that was booking at the time, Vance Nevada, I was good friends with him. So he'd bring me back. And I mean, you know, you got a big guy that's going to go. And I mean, and I didn't have any other motive. Like I had no aspirations of being on New York speed dial and have McMahon, yeah, I need you. What are you doing this weekend? I knew that wasn't happening. Like I, like I said, right I did now. it as a hobby, something to do. So I, I didn't have that ego. So I could care less. I'll go do whatever you want me to do. You want me to go in there and be, be the jobber, I'll, whatever you want. I don't care. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I would, I, I'd like to think I was well-received. Like, you know, I, I didn't get, uh, didn't get stretched or anything like that. The guys weren't stiffing me, you know? So, you know, so it, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, it was a really, really good group of guys. Really. I, I, I was fortunate to be uh, part of some really good dressing rooms uh, when I was doing it. So, and, and over the, over time, like river city had a really good dressing room. Then when uh, Ernie Todd, he had the Canadian Wrestling Federation, CWF, with them. Like, so I, I've, I've started wrestling. I was the juggernaut for a while. Then uh, I was wrestling uh, as the butcher. And then with the CWF, uh, Ernie Todd one day decided we're doing a battle row. He's like, you kind of remind me of uh, Ivan Putsky. So he's like, okay, I want you to be Igor Putsky. 
It's like, okay, yeah, I'll be Igor Plevsky. And I'm trying to think how some DP construction worker would dress. <laughs> so I, I came to the ring wearing rubber boots. And uh, I had this stupid shirt. Bart Simpson was big at the time. And it was uh, from some Ukrainian thing. And he was dressed in like a Ukrainian dancer thing. And I came to the ring with Kubasov. And it was a bring your own weapons battle royal. So <laughs> seriously, seriously, I had a ring of Kubasov. <laughs> but the thing is the guys didn't they didn't realize what it was so i'm, I'm i do something i take a bite uh i had a there's a really good picture i had this guy in the ropes and i'm feeding him the kubasaw and, and then one guy goes he's like get me with your club and i'm like it's not a club man i just hit me with your <laughs> fine so i haul back i smoke him with the kubasaw it explodes he sells the shit out of it juice everything like that goes down you know i get eliminated we get back into the ring or we get like we get i go back to the dressing room and afterwards he's talking to me he's like the fuck did you hit me with that thing was awesome i said i told you it was a ring of kumasa what i go yeah it was kumasa he goes i never sold for sausage in my life so what you did tonight and he had no idea what it was so and then i started getting back into uh like being the butcher and like i said i would i'd be around for a little bit then i wouldn't and and, and then just with work too because you know i wasn't going to be a millionaire doing this in the independence here in winnipeg so i had a i had my full-time security job uh, Portage Place, which was a lot of fun. And actually, it's funny, you're talking about the, the Dr. Good Bear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they had the costume. They used to store it there. They're doing a promotion. Come on. Yeah. And so I one, one evening, I put it on. And I put my little security tag and put the radio. And I'm walking around the mall. And I'm patrolling as Dr. Good Bear. But some little kid was like, aren't you Dr. Aren't you Dr. Fuck Off Bear or something oh. like that? So, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But the Dr. Goodbear yeah. thing did. I just listened to that today, and nice. I, I, that kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> so yeah, so I had my I had my stuff that I was doing. So I, I just I wasn't going to sacrifice, you know, losing my job to to go do that. And it's too bad because I, I missed out on a few good things, like when with Jericho and Storm they they came there wrestling here. Uh, they're with uh, Tony Candelo with his promotion, and uh, just talking to him, I had a chance to go on one of their northern tours. I couldn't mm-hmm. get the time off work, but. Being a newer guy too, he also wanted me to, he's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll bring you on, you know, but I, I, I want you to go through my training program. And it was at the time that was like, he, I think it was like 1500 bucks or something, which a lot of money back then. And I, it's not like I had that kicking around. So I kind of hemmed and hawed and I offered to like, well, what if I, what if I set up the ring? What if I do, you know, shit jobs or whatever like that? And so we, we kind of talked about it. I, could, I didn't get the time off work, but that's one of my biggest regrets in wrestling is not going on that because there, there's a lot of really good guys that were, excuse me, that were on that tour. And sounds like they had a blast, you know, and, and there are some stories that I don't want to steal somebody else's thunder, but uh, one of the guys had said something to Jericho, some of the effect of Jericho, when you, when you start on this tour, you will fart like this. And by the end of it, you'll fart like this, you know, and they're just trying to fuck around with them and stuff like that. So, you know, so just hearing stories like that. And I'm like, ah, I could have been there. For, I could have seen that story live, but yeah, no, I didn't. So. So my, my wrestling career is a, a lot of, ah, I should have stuck around, you know. So I missed out on a, a lot of stuff that way. And that kind of brings me back to talking about uh, playing football in Europe. So yeah. the team that I played for, they're called the, the, they're the Austrian, it's Austrian league. There's a whole bunch of leagues out in Europe. Uh, they're called the Kloster Nyberg Mercenaries. So Kloster Nyberg is like a suburb of Vienna. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy wrestling on, on or not wrestling, pardon me, work, uh, playing football that they signed. And he was wrestling out in catch wrestling at the time as Cannonball Grizzly. And he used to be in WCW as PN News. The yo, yo baby, yeah. yo baby, yo, Paul New. So he was playing <laughs> for the team. So he would do his wrestling thing because that's you know Monday to Friday. He'd take the train. He'd come in for the games on the weekend. So my, my buddy that was playing on this team, the, the one that got me the hookup to go play out there, he had talked to him and said, hey, I got a buddy that wrestles, you know, 
is there any chance that you know he might be able to do something out here? They made no promises. Like the so he's like, yeah, tell him to bring his gear. So I had all my wrestling gear and my football stuff and brought it with me. I show up to to come play. Well, he had uh, he had no showed the, the game the week before, and I guess it had happened a few times. So the team said, no, that's it. They canceled his contract. So I'm like, ah, another. Oh, I could have had one, you know? and I totally missed out on a possible chance to wrestle out there, which would have been a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think now. Austria, like I know Germany was Otto Wands. Would he be kind of associated with that as well for Austria? Or yeah, uh, wasn't he? I can't remember. Was he? He was Austrian, wasn't he? I think so. He was, he was a, the guy. He was AWA champion at one time. Yes. Was, yeah. Did. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he might. I think he might have actually been Austrian. So. Okay. Okay. So. But yeah, they have a big like the catch, catch wrestling out there is really big. Like I think mm-hmm. Fit Finley was there at the time. Like so, there were some some good names that were wrestling there at the time. And once again, missed out. You know, during my life with wrestling. <laughs> so here's here's my question. Yeah. For like you say, you're the weekend guy. You go yeah. out here and there. How long does it take you, again, I mean, you're in shape, and that's the other thing we always talk about, big guys. Like, Rob is a big guy, but he can run those ropes. Like, how difficult is it after you've taken even a month off to get back in there? It's hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you, your first few times, it's like hitting those ropes. Like, you think, ah, nothing. So, hitting the ropes is fine, but then you start doing a few moves, and you're like, you're gassed. You're blown yeah. up. And, you're, and that's the nice thing about, you know, a heel. You know, so I'd be like, oh, I'm gassed. I'm just going to roll out of the ring. and. I'm going to be a heel and I'm going to yell at little kids and stuff like that. But meanwhile, I'm just trying to catch my breath. So I don't have a heart attack in the ring. So, you know. But yeah, no, it, 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 it was pretty hard sometimes to come back and, <clears throat> and then we, we do training and stuff. Uh, and uh, I, I, I like being part of the group that um, set up the ring. Like I would referee, I help set up the ring. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing that. And so I get the ring set up and then start practicing. So. So, Rob, you mentioned uh, you came in working on a mask. Did you did you work under a mask for a long time, or do you still? No, nope, just when I started out. Just when you started. I always yeah. wanted to get a mask, but like like listening to Mark when he was on, you know, there wasn't really any. The internet wasn't that big at the time, so you'd get you'd get them from the wrestling magazines or the the Stooge papers. We called them. You could order from Mexico and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. But yeah, there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of places that you could pick up a mask from. Not like now nowadays. I would have lo- if, if I were still wrestling, I definitely would would be under some kind of a hood because they're just so awesome and they're so readily available. So that's mostly the that's the main reason I didn't stand a hood because th- this mask that I started with was like just it, a guy just happened to have and it was it was like a it was a fan grade mask like it was yeah. it wasn't going to take a beating for years and years and years and it was kind of the generic okay we need we need somebody to go in so it was like a hood that three guys three different guys would wear in a battle royal that's <laughs> you know, the same guy Ooh, Which, different type, different yeah. you know so we're in this just plain black generic hood so and then there was one um, I, I tried making my own hood so I couldn't figure, I couldn't find a, you know, you go to the, the fabric store and yeah, I'd like to make a wrestling mask and they look at you like you're a weirdo. So I thought, ah, I'll get a Spider-Man pattern. So I bought this Spider-Man pattern and I used the, the pattern for the mask. So I tried making my own mask and it, it was brutal. It was, it was basically a black Spider-Man. I had like, um, like mesh on the eyes, like machines mask here. And uh, I had some kind of, I, I never, I wanted like something really cool. So I tried sewing these two crossbones on it looked like two dongs like it was because i'm not very artistic i tried to make my own bones to sew on it and it didn't turn out like i wanted so well, I, they looked like bones all right oh yeah they were yeah. that's a good wrong kind the bone, so. so i ended up ripping the bones off and i just kept it in my bag and then uh, i thought it'd be funny one time it was around uh when uh, pulp fiction came out so the gimp so i found this little um little zipper at home and i sewed that on the mask 
So I just threw it in my bag. And then one time we're doing a battle royal and I came out as the butcher. And then they're like, oh, we need someone else to go out there. So put it on. And I'm the gimp now and came out as the gimp, you know. So, you know, so I didn't do that, I did that a, once or twice. That wasn't on Georgie's, was it? No, that was some, uh, well, that. Who, wasn't that Striker? It might have been. It might have even been Callus. I thought I heard Callus was doing the No, Callus didn't do the gimp. Callus yeah. suggested someone. I was ring announcing on that particular yeah. show that we're talking about here. Yeah. I was not Georgie. You were not Georgie. No, this, this was uh, CWF. This uh, oh, Vince Lee. I did it there a couple other places. I, I just remember Callus telling me, introduce the gimp. And I'm yeah. like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I knew it wasn't Callus because I'm pretty sure it was uh steve striker yeah I, I, it might have been him. Then it yeah. came out as the gym because i did it once another time where yeah. i had like this rope and they tied a rope around my neck and walked out yeah. of the ring like that machine it's because don knew you were familiar with that uh, genre that's why he, he, yeah, he, yeah yeah i i think you still have that mask don't you <laughs> i do yeah it's still yeah. <laughs> it's still right here yeah <laughs> i'd give anything for a mask with a fucking zipper over your mouth <laughs> That would be that would be doing you too big a favor. So we're, uh... <laughs> yeah. So getting back to your question, yeah, I just I had that little that hood at the beginning, and then I just wrestled and just plain old ugly me for the rest of it. So, so how many different like uh, it sounds like you went through a few different uh, sort of gimmicks and and sort of characters and stuff. Did you like were they completely different from each other? Like how does that work? How do you evolve a character like that? Do you just sort of like tweak it and then? Or does For it matter me, uh, with the different territory? You just kind of go with the same thing, but a little different name or something. It's pretty much the same thing for me. I was just a big fat guy come out and wrestle and be a bad guy. And so what I what I used to like doing is I'd come out and especially the first time the different crowd they haven't seen before. I come out with a big smile, big jovial guy, and they think they'd be like, "Oh, what do we do with this guy?" Is he? And I just look at a little kid and I go, "Shut up!" You know. So right away <laughs> you're establishing that you're the heel. You know, and then, and a couple times at family friendly shows, like, uh, not the last time. Well, yeah, last time I, I did it, I get, sometimes I get carried away. So the last time I wrestled, which was about four years ago, I came in for a battle Royal, uh, CWE wrestling here, uh, is, is one of our, is our big local promotion with Danny Duggan. Mm-hmm. And he does like this 50 man uh, rumble to remember. So he tries, he's basically anybody like guys come out of the woodwork. Like I, there's guys in their like sixties that are wrestling, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So I did that and I, I did it about five years before that. So I was going, we were going to do it. Actually, Machine was going to, he's going to come in the ring with me this, but then yeah. COVID screwed everything up. So we didn't end up doing it, but I got a little carried away and I looked at this little kid and I went to go shut up, ended up going shut up. And I'm giving this little kid the finger and he's crying. I'm like, Oh, that's a little too far. You know? And then I ended up doing it again. And I'm like, Oh, stupid. You got to quit. The so, so I felt so bad for this little kid. And I just wanted to go after him. I'm so sorry. I'm not really a dick, but even though it's not a big thing nowadays, I, some of some of the older guys still try and stick to kayfabe a bit, but you know, you yeah, but that's interesting to me. So, like, when you're in the moment, you have to, like, do you get lost? Not in that you're not in control, but do you get lost in that moment? And then you're like, you kind of have to just double down in it. You know what I mean? If you yeah. know what I mean, like, you you obviously yeah. recognize it, but you're like, I can't back down on that. So I gotta. Yeah, it's done. I already did going, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine the energy and the kind of the passion taken over when you're in that moment, and you just sort of lose yourself a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm gonna kind of answer that too, since I played such a heel for the longest time as a heel manager and, and just like Rob, like I might've done more uh, like you kind of weekend warrior. And so did I, when I traveled, but mm-hmm. like, I really, like I loved getting in the crowd and it's when you finally come out of the, it, I don't know about you, but you're, you're kind of waiting behind that curtain for a second and you're still just you. 
yeah. right? You're, you're, you're psyched up to get out there. Yeah. And then when you get out there and it's like when the first person chirps you, it's, it's an instant, okay, you know what? You're on now. Like, this is it. And then when you finally chirp that person back yeah. or do whatever you need to do to get over, like, even though your emotion took over and you gave the kid the finger you, <laughs> twice, <you> twice <laughs> no, but you can't back down. It almost right. like, uh, it, it's like that little devil on your shoulder, poke, poke, poke. Yeah. Like, let's do it again. And then the next guy down the line, because <clears throat> technically, like, as a, as a face, a face will come out, go around the ring and high five. Whereas the heel will come out, maybe go halfway around the ring, chirp at everybody, screw you, do this, that, and the other thing, or go around and yell at everyone and then get back in the ring. <clears throat> but once you start, and if you get a good response, like to me, if that kid cried, I would be like, hey, time to make two kids cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but like, because I've done a few family shows and like, it's pretty easy to be a heel, like, uh, you know, as uh, to me in a community show, but it's really easy to be a heel in a bar show, right? right? But the bar show, they chirp you back pretty hardcore yeah. now, nowadays. <laughs> but when you're with the little kids, I mean, no matter how big a guy, like, well, Rob's a big guy, so he's intimidating as it is as a heel. But for me, coming out maybe just a leather jacket, looking like a biker kind of dude, screaming at a little kid, it's intimidating. But, Jay, to your question, you're in it, man. And yeah. you're invested in that, and you love it. Yeah. And then you yeah. go in the back and go, Shit, I shouldn't have given that kid the finger. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get in trouble for it. So I was like, yeah. I was waiting for like, yeah. Rob, did you give a kid the finger? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I never got that. Yeah. So I let go. But yeah, you're right. You go, you know, you start chirping at people and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It adds to it. And, and some people expect that. Like, it's kind of funny. My, uh, my, my great grandmother, she used to be, they used to give her free tickets back in the day, the Winnipeg Auditorium for the old old time wrestling because she'd get right into it. She'd stab him with her hat in. She, used, she had this flashlight she used to load into her purse. And my dad and his brothers would be like, like Rochambeau, who's taken to, to wrestling because she was a lunatic. So nobody wanted, they didn't want to get, but they liked that they get good seats because she's in the front. But yeah, sure enough. And when she was dying in the hospital, the, the old guys, Hardwell Haggerty is one of the guys that sent her flowers and everything like that. And some of those people, they be the, those planted marks kind of, they're part of the show. So, yeah. so that in a, like a regular program and that you, you've got the same crowd and you know, okay, I know I can chirp that person and I'm going to get a good response. So, so you look around from behind the curtain and go, Oh, so-and-so's here. Awesome. That's, that's my first target for chirping. So, you know, yeah. and there's a, um, there's a person here locally. Um, you might know who, who it is. I don't want to know if I want to use her name, but uh, she's at every show and she is, like, yeah, she loves it. She, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking okay, about. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So she is that perfect yeah. person where, like, if you're in the back and say, hey, Rob, if you look out, that's where so-and-so is sitting. Yeah. And she loved being chirped at. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't, you know, heel or face, she knew to help you either way. She was, they should have paid her. Like, she she just loved coming to the local thing. She, she likes being part of the show. But that's that paid mark. The guys always yeah. knew if she was there, she's your safe place, right? To either get over or be stomped on. Yeah. yeah. I, I always just was, and I kind of figured it was a bit of both, but I always wondered when you see like the Miz come out or, I mean, I don't know who's, somebody did it recently where they just come right out down the ring and it was in WWE and they, they ripped the sign, like viciously ripped the kid's sign. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, do they plan that out? Or is that literally just in this, in this, um, like in the moment or was that like, oh, I'm going to go out and really find a sign and rip it kind of thing. I don't know. It's just, that's kind of cool to, it's probably a little bit of both, I guess, but. Yeah. 
especially in this day and age, they're probably worried about getting sued. So right, and that, that's the sign. thing. Is like, <laughs> it happened yeah. recently. It's like, wow, they haven't done that in a while. I forget who it was. Somebody will mention it, but it, it, it was like, it threw me off. I was like, wow, they have not done that in a long time. Well, I think that's, you know, again, community, let's say community show where you're traveling outside and, and doing things that you don't know who to cheer for. You don't know who to boo. And I think I mentioned this on a previous show that all you have to do if you're a heel is come out, grab a kid's sign and rip it while you're an instant heel. I believe it was while you were denigrating my take. That's when you said that. that yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which sounds familiar, like, <laughs> because you, you wouldn't know what to do. But anyway, exactly. yeah. So I think Miz, honestly, He took two bumps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have been in the ring, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wedding ring, maybe. The, uh, but I think in a Miz situation, because he's looking for heat, he, he probably just audited, he just probably did it. And knowing the WWE and how things work, whether the kid was a placement or not, I can guarantee a WWE official walked down if it was a kid and said, hey, you know what? Here's a $10 gift card or a gift certificate for a shirt or just handed them a shirt. Yeah. Like they're so good. Um, when I worked with a couple of times through the TV show, here with WWE, they're so good with kids and and giving away things. They never want a kid to have a bad experience ever, right? So yeah, you were part of the show. You got your sign rip. Who cares? Um, here it is. Or I've seen guys like sign the sign. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I get them to sign it and give it to the kid. And they give it to the kid after. Yeah. Like they pick up the sign, they take it to the back. Miz signs it. Says, you know, sorry for ripping your sign, Miz. <laughs> There's a stupid sign. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they always take care of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. If it was an adult, like if someone came down, well, mind you, being a millennial, you'd probably cry. But um, I know that it would happen. Like if I ripped your sign, they wouldn't give you anything because you're an adult, right? <laughs> yeah. If you ripped the sign, you'd be getting a stern talking to. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. You'd have one of your family members come down and talk to you. We suggest you apologize. <laughs> no, it, what it is is he just elbows me in the side. And he's like, BC, take care of this, right? <laughs> my, my diesel to my Michaels. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the, the diesel with the broken quad. That's more like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wrestling with the Truth podcast brought to you by Mark's Wrestling Masks. You want to look like a champ or you want to look like a chump, he's got your ugly mug covered. Check him out on Facebook, Mark's Wrestling Masks. That's M-A-R-C apostrophe S, Wrestling Masks. So, Rob, you were mentioning that, uh, you know, when you first started, they, they showed you a few moves and the way you go. But uh, did you have any type of formal training throughout your time or was it just learn as you went? Yeah, no, um, they, they the, first, the beginning there showed a few things and then went. But then we had uh, we had an old uh, AWA ring, actually, that was out in uh, Somerset, Manitoba. And uh, we would go out there on the weekends. We drive out there because it was a good ring. And it was it. Um, I wish I had the mat. It had like a bunch of rolled up carpet to, to fall on. So it was, a, it was a really stiff ring, but we would go out there and practice. Uh, we would train before the shows. When I was with, uh, with CWF, uh, the guy that owned it also owned a trucking company. So he had one of his uh, big heated garage. He had the ring set up there. So we would do regular training there. So mm-hmm. it, I didn't really go through um, like a formal tr- school, like where, where, whereas a lot of guys did. Like I had a, a guy that I, I paid him a little bit here and there. 
and he started training me and then I kind of went away I went away and then when I came back into it that's when the the dressing room had kind of changed so I knew some of these newer guys that were that were tra- coming up just as I was as I left and now they were kind of running the show so I just got in with them and we would just practice on the weekends but I mean I, I my style was very was punch stomp kick like there was nothing fancy uh going on with me in that ring like I always wanted to do a moonsault like I I I, I always loved Vader Vader was always my the guy I tried to do this my my I, my finish was I do the Vader bomb you know stuff like that and but I always wanted to try doing the moonsault but I'm like I'm just gonna kill somebody you know, so, <laughs> you know I, I tried a couple times in a pool eh, and it was pathetic so like if I do that in the ring I'm just I'm gonna be selling pencils on, out of a cup you know, on the corner so I was like no I'm not gonna bother with that part of it but so yeah I still luckily I fought like I, I kind of you know like uh, the bigger like the, the big man style like the super heavyweight style back then was nowadays I mean they would expect that you'd be, I'd be having to do Frankensteiners on you know stuff like that like it's just not going to happen but you know so I'm kind of glad that I'm not <laughs> that I'm an old guy now and I'm not just getting into it because I'd probably be dead so <laughs> well so here's the other thing too if you're let's say you're uh, we won't give away our ages here but let, let's say we're in our we're in our older category and yeah, he and I were going to do the the uh, royal or the battle royal together uh, and come out with our machine masks, actually. Yeah. And uh, well-oiled machines. We were, yeah, we were going to be called the well-oiled <laughs> machines. I was, was going to be rubbing them down with some oil, getting in there, <laughs> and having some fun. But like for me, again, I'm just the guy. I probably haven't taken a bump since 2006. <laughs> um, but like, what do you like for guys? Like, how how does it work? Like, do you, when you're in the back, let's say with a Danny. Yeah. Um, and they know you haven't worked and they just want you in that rumble and you're an older guy. Are, are they pretty good with the older guys? Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're good with everybody. They just kind of trust that if you're there at the show, you're going to be responsible and you're not going to do anything stupid and you're going to be safe. So and because it's a battle royal, it's it's just a lot of kibitzing and uh, forearm smash and stuff like that. The worst part of it is taking that bump to get out of the ring. Right. And especially that last ring I was in, because some of the rings were night like uh, you, you the, the top rope, you'd loosen a little bit. So when it comes, you're getting thrown over, you could push that top rope down and you could take a little bit of the distance off. So you're not fat guy falling from so high. <laughs> well, this last time they had a match, uh, I think Super Crazy was here, uh, Mentolo, and uh, who, who else was here? Uh, oh, Hoovy, Hoovitude oh, yeah, Guerrera. Yeah. But the ring, they, they didn't tighten the ring before. So all their high flying stuff, I remember Super Crazy, he's got the rope and he's like, <laughs> oh, you know, and it's all loose as shit. So they decided, well, we better tighten that for the, the Battle Royal. And now this thing is cock solid, hard solid. So now it's time to go. And I remember it, it took uh, three tries to get me to go over it. <laughs> okay, Rob, time to go. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And they went to throw me over and I went to push. That's my thing. I'm going to push this, this top rope down and have a nice, easy fall over. Nope. So I'm like, well, you're going to have to legitimately throw me over this fucking thing because I can't get that rope down. And sure enough, they did. And uh, in your 40s, you don't go over that ring as that top rope as gracefully. But but that, like for a battle royal thing like that, like, that's the, the biggest bump you're taking is just over, you know, cause it's, it's so crowded. It's so congested in there that, you know, for your safety, you don't want to be taking too many bumps. Yeah. You're going to bump and you're going to get stepped on, you know, and then that guy's going to roll his ankle. And now you, you know, you're hurt, he's hurt. So, so it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on, like just a lot of awareness that uh, people don't realize that that actually go, goes on with the guys in there to, and it, it, it there's it, the, the onus is on both, both parties, but right. you know, you're not going to go in there and do something that's not safe. So. Oh, okay. So, um, Jay might like this because I'm going to see, and I don't know, you, you can say no. I'm, you, I'm you, up you, for anything. <laughs> that's what she said. The, um, 
here's my question. And it, it, like Jada liked this because I want to see if we could break a little kayfabe in here. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Because anybody who doesn't understand how like certain things may work, mm-hmm. how does it work? Let's say you and I are in the back. Yeah. And someone says to you, you know what, Rob, I need you in there for seven minutes. And, and, and machine, I need you in there for, for eight minutes, but you got to ditch him. Like, is it up to us to say to no one that seven minutes? Like, I know Hogan's been heard a couple of times in his matches with like, what's the T-Azyme, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Knowing what, what's going to happen. But how do you decide or who's deciding in the back who gets rid of who? Booker would basically just uh, lay, he'd lay the whole thing out. Okay. So it'd be okay. We're going to do this. We're going to do this spot. Like the last one that I was in, it just happened that all the big guys are in there at once. Like, okay, we'll do like a big man spot. And then you go, you go, you go. So, okay. So that's kind of how it goes. So you just kind of, you, and you kind of have an idea of who's going to throw you over. Although the, the first, the, the first time I did the 50 man, uh, the guy that was supposed to eliminate me, he got out, he went out earlier. So I ended up being in there longer than oh. I was supposed to be. And then one guy's like, aren't you supposed to be gone? And I'm like, yep. He goes, okay, time to go. So I'm like, okay. You know, and luckily the rope <laughs> yeah. wasn't as bad. So, you know. But that's but, what I mean. Does yeah. somebody come up to you? And tap me like I know it sounds weird, but like uh, you gotta go. Yeah. Like, is that how it's sort of? <laughs> no, like- I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's it's kind of you know it's it's like the whole. Yeah. And anyway, I'm breaking kayfabe, which you know. Uh, yeah. I don't like to do, but yeah. <laughs> but nowadays they don't care. The internet ruined wrestling, yeah. so everybody's a smart now. You know? Yeah. It's so so you're almost going on like cues, I guess, right? And like I guess so. Was that a timed match that you were talking about the 50 man one? Is that a time? No, no, it wasn't really timed. It was That's more, more like, like just, just battle royal stuff. It was a battle royal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like a Royal Rumble type of thing. So right. so they would be like, okay, these once say entrance one to fifteen get in there. Okay, right. we'll, we'll some then somebody will come in and clean house. Yep. And then and then you'll reset. Okay, let's get another ten guys in there to make a thing. But, and then you do a, there'd be a couple scripted spots, uh, or you know, and uh, yeah, it was basically decide. Okay, you're gonna throw so and so out. Right. We'll do this spot. Then he goes, he goes, he goes. Yeah, it's just to machines to machines point though. Like the timing of that. Like for instance, this year Kofi yeah. misses the spot and it throws off apparently eight minutes of the match. So yeah. the reason why the timing of the rumble was so poor this year was because Kofi was supposed to be in there. There's supposed to be a spot with Big E. There's supposed to be a thing. Like it threw out, it, it threw the timing off of all of the subsequent sort of uh, elimination. So I, I guess sort of to what uh, Machine was saying, you're just sort of going on the cue of, okay, oh, I know I'm after this guy. He just went, so now it's me, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're just sort of timing like that. Is, yeah, is there, it's... sorry, go, go ahead, Rob. No, no, I was just saying, then you just look for, okay, I know that this guy's supposed to be throwing right. me out. So whatever he's cool. doing, I'm going to work my way over there and, start go doing something and then okay yeah yeah you gotta go let's go you know so i was just curious is like for a guy like you for like a size guys like uh, a big size guy like you is there a preferred method of going over the top like because you see a lot of the times like brock will do the clothesline and guy flips over that seems yeah. like a really hard again i'm not a professional but that yeah. seems like it would be a really hard spot you see it screwed up a lot obviously yeah. where guys can't get over but it also seems like it would be a really hard spot to take because you're sort of just coming straight up over, especially for a big guy, you're, you're kind of coming right over and your feet are just sort of smashing the apron. It would seem like, is there a preferred spot that you use to get out of the ring? I like going right in the middle of the ropes because that's, that's where you get the most, where you can right. push it down a lot. But what you're saying about a guy like <clears throat> going out backwards, a few bigger guys that, that I work with, they actually preferred that way. Really? They take like the clothesline and they could just, they just hold onto the rope and just 
fall right over. over type of thing. Yeah. Myself, I just because I do it as a hobby and I don't want to get hurt for my, uh, and especially at the time, I, I had my nice federal job. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't show up to work. Yeah, I can't use sick time because I was wrestling. That's not going to work. So That was my so excuse was too, Rob. That was my excuse why I didn't pursue things too. That was my yeah. excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he works for it you were inside <laughs> so yeah so i always tried to go with the easiest way and i think i think i probably hurt myself more by trying to be trying to be gentle about right. it because then you go over it and you kind of panic and oh, i'm falling over and then smash my knee on the apron and then fall and uh yeah. not the last part of rose and the one before my wife and kids were in the front row my kids were younger at the time and i almost i almost wiped them out when i when i came <laughs> over because i got a little too overzealous well what had happened was i was it was my turn to go but somebody else went at the same time and then they had the coveted middle of the ropes in between the uh, turnbuckle spot so i had to go closer to the turnbuckle where there's like there's no give in that rope so it was like all right once again let's go you know so so it was a little three guys giving you a little help over and, you know, and we could be dicks sometimes to each other. So it's like, this will be funny. Let's really launch this guy once we get him up. So, and I kind of came over a little hot, so, coming in hot, you know, watch out kids, wife's insured. So, I mean, it'd be okay for me, but I fell on her, but you know. <laughs> uh, talking about that, that backwards uh, exit. Out of the ring, I mean, watching the undertaker year after year do that exit it was a thing of beauty like the yeah. i mean for a guy who's the size of him he's pretty graceful to be able to do something like that and, and you know as you mentioned just being a preferred method for some of those guys it's it's amazing the agility of some of these big men i mean you yourself talking about vader being one of your favorites i mean that guy was unbelievable for the size of yeah. him and just the power and the speed the agility he was he was a total package oh yeah for sure yeah I'm going to take a wild stab at this, but a guy like The Undertaker, um, like for guys to go over that middle rope backwards, those guys, it's a lot easier for a guy who's six foot 10 yeah. to go, roll over and land on his feet. It's not that far to go, but right. like a, a little bugger like me at five nine, uh, it's a harder landing or like a Kofi going over, like the guys who are dash shorter. Yeah. Uh, and Undertaker sort of almost just rolls over and back onto his feet. But uh, I would think like Rob, like yourself being a, a smaller big guy uh, like you're saying you're coming you're, you're coming down hot. Coming in hot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just think the undertaker could do it so gracefully because he was so tall yeah right like uh, those big guys like a stud or an, even an Andre when he'd fall back and tie himself in the ropes was wasn't yeah. was an easy thing for him because he's got the weight to get those ropes back yeah. over him but the smaller guys have to you know they really got to work it to get it like he, I give Shane McMahon all the credit in the world um, I know a lot of people may disagree, but Shane's, and I know from experience and meeting him years ago, like he was a floor mopper for the wrestlers. So that guy's worked all the way up, done some amazing matches. When he re when he was refereeing, didn't wasn't he called Mick Manson? Yeah, yeah, Mick Manson. <laughs> yeah, Mick Manson. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he he's done everything, and, and to see him even willing at his age, at fifty one, yeah. to take that clothesline twice. From Brock Lesnar to yeah, get over because he screwed rule. it up. That's why he screwed it up the first time. I know you're perfect, Jay, but at at his <laughs> That's age, true. That's true. to do that is unbelievable. I don't care what anyone says. No. You're you're 41, uh, and would probably shit your pants if Brock Lesnar. I don't disagree that he he's a physic like physically. I don't disagree with you. I just he shouldn't have been in the first place. My take on that, but we won't. We really, won't go that. back and watch his entrance, and then talk to me next week. I, okay. I will say the same thing. He does not deserve. He no, does not. go back and watch his He's entrance not. and tell me that he doesn't deserve to be there. He doesn't. 
Go watch his entrance. Well, I can't do it right now, but I will. No, no. So don't disagree with me until you watch his entrance. Fine. I'll give you that. His entrance. He just did this little dance thing and... I don't, no, 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 no. He's no, trying no. to imply no, that he we, got a big pop. We have to give Jay and... something to do. Oh, okay. he, yeah. He's trying to imply, I assume, that he got a big pop and, and whatever. But it doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that he's taking away shine from other guys. Not necessarily. I, I, I kind of agree with Jay no. on this one. I'm sorry. But, no, uh... no, 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 no. I, I, I think he deserves to be there. I don't think he didn't deserve to be in there. Let's not forget, and I'm going to tell you one thing, because you went all on a rampage on a hump about, <laughs> oh, Vince McMahon's mom just died, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? That's a guy's grandma who was pretty close to, had to just jump in and take over a rumble. So him coming in there, maybe his head wasn't in there either, because he just lost his grandmother and got thrown the Royal Rumble. Right. And, and, a, and a reasonable human being would say, listen, I shouldn't be like really doing all this right now. Maybe I'll let some of the other producers who are paid to do what they You're were asked to do. But you don't so, get to have it both ways. He he took over apparently, literally like made himself to start in the match as like in opposition of what everybody else was saying, including Vince's plans. So you don't get to have it both ways. Yes, I agree. He's dealing with the same thing, but he just completely took over in a completely different direction that wasn't best for business. So if, if that was his way of coping, I hear you, but that's not professional. So we all have shit that we have to deal with at work, but that's not professional to take over like that, in my opinion. I, I don't think he took over anything. He, I, that, I think, that's why he's not with the company anymore. He's gone. He got released. Do you really believe that? Yes, I do. Do you really believe yes, he's done with WWE? I do. I do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We need a new host. <laughs> he's going to be wrestling your 14-year-old he, next Wednesday. Oh, he's that's gonna, his 14-year-old boy. He, I, he, he will be on Dynamite next week. Book it. Yeah. And a name <laughs> on the contract won't be <laughs> Tony Khan. Yeah. 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 Khan that that, that yeah. last C-O-N. one was just to fire you up. That last one was just to fire you up a little yeah. more. Yeah. If he appears in AEW, Tony Khan's a bigger fucking moron than <laughs> anyone yeah. I know. Funny and and I don't I don't subscribe to this theory, but there was a there was a news quote unquote news article that came out about that saying that that officials from WWE have actually sent warnings to Tony Khan if he's interested in signing him about how far off the ledge Shane is right now and that it would be a bad idea. So take <laughs> that for what you will. Yeah, I'll take it away by ass with that. They're, they're, <laughs> WWE yeah. officials yeah. are warning <laughs> AEW. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. I just say that's that's what's floating about the interwebs right now. So yeah. I, I just read I just read something just now that Adam Cole is going to be Mr. Olympia this year. <laughs> um, apparently, everything you've seen on TV, he's actually in shape, and they're calling him the second Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> well, I'm just reading that now, so it's got to be true. Yeah. Got to be. Yeah. You just read it off the internet, so it's got to yeah. be true. Yeah, yeah, I ripped it right out Twitter, just like you did. <laughs> Adam Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm glad you caught that. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, and. So as we're getting ready to wrap up this episode, I'm seeing that we're getting close to our 60-minute uh, Broadway here, and we've got lots of stories still to tell. So I'm wondering, Rob, would you mind if we got you back for a second episode just so we can finish off our conversation with you? Oh, absolutely. This has been a blast. I, I'd love to do this some more. Are you kidding me? This was it, man. You only get one shot on this show. <laughs> That's not what you told me. Give me that 50 bucks. 50 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, I'll pay you 50 to come on again. All right. That works. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up for this episode, but of course, we're going to be back with more stories from Rob. So uh, on behalf of Rob, on behalf of Wrestle Machine, on behalf of the Nightmare J, I am BC saying thank you very much for tuning in, and we are out of here. Thank <laughs> you.